Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! After seven and a half grueling months, ladies and gentlemen, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that football is back. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs are going to be taking on the Houston Texans Thursday night football to kick off the 2020 season. It's here. There's no hiding anymore. It's week one officially. With that being said, Welcome back to this brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for edition 127. It's our first official game preview episode of the 2020 season. And I just cannot express how excited I am. We've waited so long. We've known for months that Tom Brady is our quarterback. All the acquisitions that were made during the offseason, it all leads up to this weekend. Sunday, 425 p.m. in the New Orleans Superdome. They're going to be taking on the Saints, led by Drew Brees, in a battle for, I guess, the Week 1 NFC South lead. Whoever wins that game should be tied for first place with, I guess, whoever wins the other. So we'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, so excited to welcome you back to the show. I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Going alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, football's back, baby. It is, and, you know, it really doesn't feel like it is, I guess. Um, I was talking to somebody today, and they were like, you know, because there was no preseason or anything, like, it just feels so weird. Like, it's hard to believe that, like, the first football game since the Super Bowl is going to be week one, right? Um, So it's crazy, uh, you know. But like you said, I mean, big football game in New Orleans this weekend. Um, So... Something I want to do really quick, which I haven't even let you know about, sort of on on the fly. You know, you, you said about whoever wins this game would be in, you know, tied for first place with whoever wins the other games. Let's do the let's let's pick the Falcons and the Panthers games. The Panthers are playing the Raiders, 
and the Falcons are playing the Seahawks. So Falcons, Seahawks, who do you have? I've got Seahawks for that one. I think Seattle is going to be much better of a team week one. Yeah, I I think Seahawks are going to win too. I think think it's in Seattle, too, I I think. I could be wrong. Uh, And then we got the Panthers versus the Raiders, and that one's in Carolina. Uh... You look at those two teams, I think the Raiders have more of a foundation. You know, we, we brought it up on the season predictions show. Carolina, they're just a fresh team. So, like, I truly don't know what to expect. For, I guess for the sake of me being a little bit biased, I'm going to take the Raiders in that game. But um, I really don't know what to expect from Carolina. Yeah, I just think the Raiders are the better team, so I'm going to take the Raiders as well. So, yeah, whoever wins this uh, this this NFC South matchup between the Bucks and the Saints will be sitting alone at first place. Obviously, week one. Hell yeah, man! Really does not does not matter who's sitting at first place after week one, but it's still nice. Hey, one and zero with a division lead feels a hell of a lot. Uh, better I mean, I than know. and one, and and you know the head to head is going to come down to like this is I think going to be a tight race, so it's going to come down to the head to head matchups, and you know I know both teams don't want to start zero and one, so it's going to be interesting. Absolutely. So before we get into the game preview, we do have some news from this week that we got to catch you guys up on. A little some bit big of news. information regarding the team. Say again? Some big news, I said. Some big news. Well, yeah, for, we do have a couple of big for, stories. We're going to get to one of those here personally shortly. Personally, can, can put another feather on my cap. So. <laughs> second, what is it, second week in a row that you can really hang your hat on something? Yeah, I guess, man. Just, right. you know, so, just a winning machine. Just so nothing. we'll get into that here in a second. But really quickly, the Buccaneers came out and they announced their team captains for the 2020 season. And it looks like this. On offense, you've got a guy named Tom Brady at your quarterback for the offense team captain. And then you've got Mike Evans as well, who's going to be filling that role with the captain's patch on his chest. Defensive side of the ball, you've got Devin White, second-year player, looking to improve. Really, really big thing for Devin White, by the way, to earn that captain's patch. I was kind of surprised to see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was too, but it, the the players vote on it, and it seems like he's very well-liked in the locker room. And, you know, at times he had he had the green dot on his helmet. Uh, you know, so and that means, like, he's getting the play calls and stuff and has to relay it to the defense. So I, I think they respect him. Uh, a, another candidate that I saw a lot of people were talking about was maybe Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, obviously did not get it. Um yeah, but I mean, other than that, like, you look at this defense, I think the two guys that you were probably debating on was Devin White or Jason Pierre-Paul, and ultimately they chose Devin White. Yeah, and the other defensive captain around it out is Levante David. So the linebacker duo, the one-two punch, are your team captains on defense this year. Now over to special teams. Good friend of the show, the people's champion, Bradley Pinion, gets the captain's patch on his chest this year. Congratulations, Bradley. And one that surprised me as well, Linebacker Kevin Minter is a special teams captain this year. I guess fill in the hole that Dario Gimbawale left behind, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't really realize that Dario was the uh, was the captain, and uh, now he signed with the Jaguars, I believe, today or yesterday. So uh, good luck to him. I think it's a great opportunity for him. Um, I, I really do. On that team, I think he's going to get a lot of touches. So maybe, you know, he, he cashes in next offseason. Uh, but, yeah, it it's definitely a little bit of surprise. I feel like it came down to just Minter being a veteran because you would think that maybe Ryan Smith would get it for special teams. But right. at the end of the day, it's I think Ryan Smith's the better special teamer. But at the end of the day, it's not about production. Like It's, it's really not. So 
the best players are not going to get the captaincy. It's who the players think is the best leaders, really. So they thought Minter was, you know, the leader and the veteran there. So went with him. Hey, it's good to see. And Kevin Minter is a guy that we talked about before. I was hoping he'd stick around and find a spot on the roster. And I'm very he doesn't glad get talked that he about has. Enough. Yeah, he really doesn't. He's he's one of the unsung heroes on that defense. He filled in for Devin White a little bit last year when he went down with injury, and Minter came in, stepped up, did a great job, and uh, I'm glad that he's on this Buccaneer football team, especially wearing the captain's patch on special teams this year. So there are your 2020 team captains. Let's get into this second bit of news, and I know Evan is very excited about this one. It honestly kind of, I mean, I I am too. You know, we, we talked on the show about how we're we're wrong every now and again. So is everybody. Everybody doesn't get it all the time, but when we're right, I don't like to uh, toot my own horn. But it, okay, I'm just gonna let this one speak for itself. The Buccaneers signed a quarterback this week, and it is the 2018 10th overall pick in the draft. It's Mr. Josh Rosen. Rosen agreed to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad Sunday after being released by the Miami Dolphins. And um, as time has passed, I know there was a little bit of a clause to where if he wanted to go play somewhere else, another team could pick him up. But I believe that window is closed and he's made it clear that he thinks Tampa is the best spot for him to be. Yeah, so the the deal with that, that's a new rule this year. Uh, the, the deal with that is that the team per week can protect four players on their practice squad but they can do it they have to it has to be sent in by tuesday and then they're good until sunday so the only day that somebody else can be signed that one of those four players can be signed is on monday so the bucks four this week is kicker greg joseph who they signed to the practice squad um cornerback mozzie wilkins wide receiver Surreal Grayson, and QB Josh Rosen. So those are the four guys that right now, if a team wanted to sign them, they cannot. However, if they wait till Monday, they can sign them. So it's protection during the week, but there is a day where you'd be able to potentially sign them. But a lot of people forget, you know, you're not taking a guy from a practice squad and putting him on your practice squad. You're putting him on the 53-man roster. And also, the players to agree to go to that, practice, to that team. So let's say somebody offers Mozzie Wilkins a deal. He may not want to. He may want to stick around. And ultimately, you know, Josh Rosen had offers from other teams to go to the 53-man roster and said, no, I'm going to go on Tampa Bay's practice squad. And he talked today, uh, basically said just how good of an opportunity it is and, and what an opportunity it is for him. Yeah. Uh, to be with a guy like Bruce Arians. And then who are you learning under? You're not learning under some, uh, you know, another second, third-year player. You're learning under Tom Brady. I mean, and this isn't some average veteran quarterback like, you know, an Alex Smith or who's a, a good tutor. But, man, a guy like Tom Brady, you're learning behind him. I, I think that that's just huge. So I think Rosen did a smart thing. And, like, yeah, he basically said in his press conference, like, if the right opportunity comes up, he'd think about it. Like, if a starting quarterback goes down, he has a chance to start, and they want to sign him right from the practice squad to start, I think he'll probably leave. But he said basically uh, a, a fourth, a, a third team in in four years, or I mean a fourth team, sorry, in, in three years would just be brutal. So um, I would expect him to be here definitely for the year. And then uh, who knows? You know, I think – Three years, four years down the line, you could see him as a starting quarterback. I, I really think so. 
I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think it has the potential, and that's what this move is. A lot of people forget that he's only 23 years old. He's played two NFL seasons. It seems like he's been in the league longer, but he's only played two seasons. So he still has plenty of time, and hopefully he can get his career back on track, and that's what this move is for. Great move by the Bucks. Very smart. Low risk, high reward. Smart for Rosen, too, because this is the best place for him. So yeah. kudos to both sides, and I uh, hope it works out for both sides. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head a really good situation for Josh Rosen and hopefully he can take in all the information he needs to to either be a starting quarterback somewhere else in the NFL or hopefully the future of the Buccaneers franchise we just have to wait and see at this point but really a good situation for him to be in and a good situation because we get to take a chance to toot our own horn a little bit but with that being said let's go ahead and move on we're going to take a look at this matchup this weekend between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we really get into the game preview, I want to go over the injury report because there are some key injuries this week that we're going to have to talk about. So before we go into individual players, oh boy. here is the injury report for both teams with the Buccaneers. Safety Andrew Adams with a hamstring injury. He was full participation at practice today, Thursday, September 10th. I'm sorry, Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. It's, it's, it's yeah. Thursday. Right? We're getting closer. Thursday, man. Safety Andrew Adams with a hamstring injury. He was full participation today, which means he'll probably play this weekend. Wide receiver Mike Evans with a hamstring injury did not participate, but let's put a little dash next to that. He worked individually with a team trainer. We're going to talk about that more here in just a second. Cornerback Parnell Motley with a hamstring injury. Full participation today at practice. You love to see that. Outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul, not injury-related, did not practice today. He just had an off day for a vet. It's cool. It happens. We saw it a lot with those big guys on the defensive line last year. Cornerback Ryan Smith with an ankle injury. He was full, partic uh, full participation today as well. So good to see Ryan Smith there in practice. Pretty special spot for the special teams. Now, the Saints injury report looks something like this. Defensive end Marcus Davenport with an elbow injury did not participate today. Punter Blake Gillikin had a back injury. He's on IR, so he's not going to be playing this weekend. The um, offensive lineman guard slash center, Season Ruiz, with a ankle injury, did not participate today. And I don't know, man. Doesn't look like he's super likely for this weekend either, but I guess we have to wait and see. And to round out New Orleans injury report, safety P.J. Williams with a hamstring injury was limited participation. So before we talk about the Saints, before we talk about this game this weekend, let's talk about Mike Evans. Because I think myself, as a fantasy owner of Mike Evans, and a lot of Bucks fans are holding their breath right now to see if he can play this weekend. But let me just say something really quickly. Um, it's not the end of the world if Mike Evans doesn't play this weekend. I think it gives the Bucks a much better chance to win this weekend if he does. But I am A-OK -okay if Mike Evans is not 100%. They got to sit him for this game, and he's 110% week two to go kick some Panther ass. Like, I, I think we'll be okay if Mike doesn't play. But what do you think? You think he plays? Man, I soft tissue I, hamstring is it's really tricky. I think he's gonna really push. Like I think he wants to play badly. But if I had to guess, I would say he's probably not gonna play. Just because I mean the dude hasn't practiced at all this week. Um yeah, we saw him work with the trainer, but it, like you said, soft tissue, it's likely to be a hamstring, it's what's on the injury report. Um had a torn hamstring last year, ended his year. Took it light in the offseason. Now you come back with this one. Hamstrings, a lot of people have asked me, well, you know, uh, does it mean he's out? And I'm like, look, I'm like, 
the the tough thing with hamstrings, they could be three to four days. They could be three to four weeks. Um, it, it really all depends on when he wakes up. Does he f- feel any pain? Um, and and it, it's crazy, but that's the case. And that's why I think they're still going to say game time decision. Like they're not going to rule him out until like a few like ninety minutes before the game when the final uh, injury report comes out, and you have to rule guys out. But um, I think that's when you're going to find out whether he's playing or not. I would bet he's not, but I think they're going to take this really down to the wire. I'm taking Arian's word for it, and I think that he's really going to push. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to say, look, you had the same injury last year. Take it easy. I I think that's probably what's going to happen. Because the last thing you want, and I've said this to a lot of people. I said, look, it's a a double-edged sword. You want your best 53 out there versus New Orleans. You, you, you do, right? But what if Mike Evans goes out there and is 70%? He's, he's 70% healthy. And then he goes out there and he hurts it more. And now instead of being good to go for Carolina week two or Denver week three, now all of a sudden you're looking at him being good for uh, Chicago week five or Green Bay week six or Las Vegas week seven. So now you just took more games away from them. So that's really the the decision that the Bucks have to make. I personally don't believe he'll play. I think he'll be fine for uh, next Sunday versus Carolina. But for this Sunday versus New Orleans, I don't think he'll play. Like you said, it's not the end of the world, but it's a big loss. It definitely is. Um, I want to touch on the two Saints injuries really fast. Marcus Davenport and Cesar Ruiz. Cesar Ruiz popped up on the pra- on the practice squad on the injury report uh, Wednesday. So he was fine on Tuesday, popped up there on Wednesday, didn't participate, and then today didn't participate. That's a big loss for them. That's their starting guard. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, that's a fairly big loss. And then... Marcus Davenport, who I believe Greg Allman said had two sacks and a fumble uh, last year in New Orleans versus the Bucks. So, I mean, if they don't have him, that's uh, a huge hit to a team that was already sort of not happy with their pass rush, clearly, because they were trying to get to Javion Clowney. So they're not too happy with their pass rush, and they could be down another one. Two big losses there. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I would expect all three guys, Mike Evans, Marcus Davenport, Cesar Ruiz probably won't play, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, it's still still a few days away from Sunday, so. Yeah, you got to play the long game in situations like this. I mean, between injured players on Saints and the Bucks roster, you just got to play the long game. You know, if you miss one of your top 53 guys for one week, you win or you lose, you still got 15 more games for that guy to go out there and perform. And with a guy like Mike Evans, going back to him, I, you know, I'm very, very confident that just like you said, he'll be back by week two if he doesn't play this weekend. But Mike's a tough SOB. I mean, we've seen it on display before, so I guess we really do just have to wait and see what happens. But there's the injury report. Let's get into this game preview. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints. 4.25 p.m. kickoff. As if I haven't said that enough times already. Just really making sure you guys know so nobody misses the game this Sunday. Very important game in Buccaneers history, might I add. But you look at these two teams. I remember we talked about it on the schedule review show, or on the season predictions show, excuse me. But um, I would say that these are probably couple of your favorite picks to make a deep run. couple of people's favorite picks to win the NFC South this year. I believe it's going to come down to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. 
chasing it down week after week for first place in the NFC South. There's a lot of heat in this rivalry. Cameron Jordan said over the offseason that the Bucs are a team fighting for second place. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people on that roster weren't very happy to hear that. So a statement is definitely looking to be made this Sunday, and it's going to have to happen quickly. You know, I, I think I need to throw this out there before we really get into this game, but I think you need to expect some growing pains, at least on the offensive side of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, this is this is week one football at its finest, but this is like week zero football because there were this, no four exactly. weeks of preseason. There were no OTAs. You know, there was a team organized practices from the end of June up until now, and that just does not replicate the hundreds of snaps that are missed and yada, 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 all the stuff that you've heard a thousand times by now. So the Bucks are going to need to be prepared, but – Expect some sloppiness as well. Evan, what are you looking at in this matchup? Well, I think people are going to realize the importance of a preseason um, because I think around the league, even tonight, Texans, Chiefs, people are going to be listening to this probably Friday, Friday or Saturday. So they'll probably already know the results of the game, which we do not right now. But uh, I think you're going to see some sloppy play. I think just around the league. Um, and, yeah, the Bucks are definitely included in that. I think the Bucks are. I would look for the Bucks to start slow, honestly. Um, I know Chris Fisher brought up a good point that he sort of expects both offenses to start slow, and that's because the Bucks' defense was mainly the one that was brought back last year. The whole defense is intact. Now, I understand the New Orleans offense is mostly intact as well, but the defense should have a better day than the offense, I think. And a lot of people are saying this is a prime chance for a shootout. I honestly, I see this as more of a low-scoring game. Uh, I, I honestly do. My my projected score reflects uh, a low-scoring game, and I just I think that a lot of people are expecting, oh, yeah, 40, 42 to 38, and uh, 38, 35, 35, 31. I, just, I don't know if both teams are going to get over 30 points. Um, I think it's going to be a struggle for either team to get well over 31. Um, so I don't think you're going to be seeing like a Fitz magic week one, 48, 40 game. Uh, I really don't expect that. And I mean, the, the saints are likely to start faster than the bucks. Okay. I just want to get that out. It's just natural. It's just chemistry. Yeah, exactly. They've been playing Drew Brees and Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook and the entire offensive line and Sean Payton. They've all been together for years, and they they know what to do. Like, And I'm not saying that Brady and company don't, don't know what to do, but this is brand new to Tom Brady, to Rob Gronkowski, to Leonard Fournette. You know, to you know, to everybody involved, to Scotty Miller, who didn't play as much last year. You know, this is I mean, this is new to Tristan Wirfs, who's going gonna be going up against Cameron Jordan. Like this is this is a tough test for this offense. And I know this offense is very good. I expect this offense to be a top five offense in the NFL, but I just don't know if they're gonna reflect that week one. So don't panic if you see them score twenty points. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world. It'll be okay. Um but yeah, I I don't expect this to be a shootout where some people do. Uh, what what are you, what are you expecting? Are you thinking shootout here? Or are you thinking sort of what I'm thinking, like a sort of a sloppy, you know, pretty balanced and lower scoring game? 
I think depending on how these defenses hold up, we could see a game dictated by the uh, by the run game. I mean, I know that the Buccaneers aren't going to have their three headed monster of a running back figured out by week one. I I, I have a feeling we're going to see Rojo get most of the carries, obviously. Uh, Leonard yeah. Fournette, I believe last depth chart that I looked at is listed as our running back three and Shady listed as running back two. Do I have that correct? Uh, yeah, I, well, I think uh, McCoy's basically a third down back, so I think by default that he's going to be the running back too. But uh, when it comes to those three guys, I don't really think a depth chart really is that big of a deal. So, You know, a lot of people are looking at Brady and hopefully his chemistry with his wide receivers. I know I brought up the run game, but me personally, I'm going to be taking a close look at this offensive line. I mean, this is probably the biggest game of the year for the offensive line. I mean, I feel like when you're blocking for Brady, every game is the biggest game of the year, but this one's going to set the tone. You know, we talked about the offense getting off to a slow start. Brady, maybe not feeling, I don't know about a hundred percent. Obviously he's going to be as good as he wants to be, but you know, if the chemistry isn't there, I feel like it's going to be because of this offensive line. They have the benefit of Tom Brady who can get the ball out of the pocket pretty quickly but if for whatever reason they just can't block long enough, it could be a pretty long day. You know, we saw the Saints defensive line make pretty short work of them last year, and it's all the same starters aside from Tristan Wirfs. So it's really going to come down to that offensive line as well. I'm hoping to see them, you know, some good run blocking, but the pass block is going to be critical for this offense getting any steam whatsoever. It's a good point that, you know, the Bucks have returned four starters out of the five, and uh, the New Orleans defensive lines has dominated them last year and it seems like they do most years which is why i think you know if they don't have marcus davenport that's a big loss uh that's their other guy on the other edge that's a guy Davin smith would likely be against so um i mean yeah if they don't have him it's a big loss but i mean it's a great point like you said i mean they brought back the same offensive line that basically i mean week five last year new orleans got pretty much mauled and week 11 i mean even even worse i think but um yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I think, like you said, Brady's going to get the ball quicker. Um, but, I mean, this New Orleans Saints defense is even talented, too. So yeah. it'll definitely be, I think, a defensive battle more than people think. And I think you could see uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Bucks go down to the run game. And I think if it, you're talking about run games, man, I don't know who it benefits. Because the Bucks' run game wasn't anything special last year. And the Saints is normally good, but the Bucks' run defense is just so good. I think it's going to come down to which Bucks' run defense shows up. Right? Can they can they replicate in Week One without any preseason? Can they replicate what they did last year? If they can, I think you know the Saints are going to be one dimensional and they're just going to throw the ball all around the yard. But if they can't, it's going to be a long day for this defense because the Saints are going to be able to pick you apart with Kamara and then Paul play action to Michael Thomas and Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders and then the screens to Kamara and Latavius Murray. It'll be a long day if this team can't make them one dimensional and vice versa for the Saints. If, you know, if they can't force Brady to throw 30 plus times and you have a balanced attack and Jones is, Jones and Fournette are breaking off six, seven yards apiece. Uh, then that opens up the play action, and then it's just, it just it would be rough. So I think whichever defense really stops the run and makes the other team one-dimensional better, I think it's going to have a huge advantage in this one. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think the expectation with the Bucks. you brought up the run defense last year, number one run defense in the NFL pretty much all season long. The expectation's obviously still got to be there. You and, brought back you know, and retained that front guys, seven. Yep. 
Exactly. Most of them guys minus Carl Nassib, Nadam Kinsu, Vita Vea, Will Golston, Jason Pierre Paul, Shaq Barrett, they're all back. So that's the expectation right now. But you know, NFL things change quickly. So I mean one thing could look good one year and the next year it's not. So we'll see. Absolutely, man. Now Let's get into something that is uh, probably my favorite part of these game preview episodes before we wrap up here. This is the weekly checklist. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just basically, you know, three keys to the game. Think of it that way. But it's something that I believe the Buccaneers need to do if they're going to win this weekend. So let's go over it. The first on the weekly checklist, defense has got to start fast. You know, we mentioned it before. The expectations for the defense are there. Shutting down Alvin Kamara is going to be a huge part of what dictates the Saints on offense because he can catch passes out of the backfield. But if you slow him down in the run game, then he's not going to do very much for that offense aside from maybe catch a few out routes. So the defense is going to need to start fast and not just for the run defense, not just for, you know, the young secondary guys as well. This is a pretty big game for them, but need that pass rush dude like you're you're Mm -hmm. not gonna beat drew Brees, even though he's over 40 even though him and tom brady are both in the same group you know you're not gonna beat drew Brees without pressuring the quarterback and this defense as a whole is really gonna have to step up more than anybody else this sunday yeah i uh you bring up a great point there the the reason that drew Brees has just consistently picked apart the bucks is because it, it seems like ever since like 2010, the Bucks just have not had a pass rush that's been able to get to Drew Brees. No matter if what, if the Bucks had a good pass rush that year, the Saints always found a way to neutralize it. Uh, it just their offensive line's good, yes, but it just for some reason, that is one quarterback the Bucks cannot sack. Like they they can't they can't even hit him. I know he gets uh, the ball out quick. Him and Brady both get the ball out quick. I think Breeze at times may even even get the ball out quicker than Brady. But man, that dude is just so hard to get down on the ground. And if you do it, it's a big key. Same with Brady. Yeah. Everybody says with Brady, just hit him. You gotta you gotta hit him. If you don't touch him, you're gonna be in for a long day. Same with Drew Brees. If the Buccaneers cannot get consistent pressure on him, especially on third down when they need it, it's gonna be a long day if Drew Brees has five, six seconds to sit back there, and it won't really be fair to your young secondary that didn't have a preseason of experience. So I definitely agree. Uh, the Saints' weapons are just too good, and the offensive scheme is too good. And, I mean, that's part of the reason they don't get sacks. But, man, the, the Bucks. The, if you look the last two, three years when they play New Orleans, the sack numbers are always fairly lopsided. And whenever they aren't, the Bucks normally fare pretty well. So, I mean, that shows you when they're hitting Breeze, it's not bad. I think the, the Bucks had one sack against the Saints last season in two games, and that was against, it was Mike Edwards, and he sacked Taysom Hill. Teddy Bridgewater played week five. They didn't touch him. Now, I know Teddy Bridgewater can run a little bit, so that's, uh, okay, whatever. Drew Brees played the entire game week 11. They didn't touch him, but Taysom Hill was in for one play, and they sacked him. Like, man, uh, you, you got to be able to get pressure. You, you just do. If you sit back there and you can't get pressure, he is going to pick you apart. And, and it, he really is. And it's, it's been, the proof is right there, right? Just watch, go, go back and watch the games from 2019 and no, 2018. I, I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to do that. I was in a good mood today. I don't want to bum myself out by doing uh, that. That's true. That that, <laughs> that, that, that that is true. But just saying, if you want some proof, go back, watch some games, and see how important a pass rush is. If you want to go back and watch some Brady games with the Patriots, see how much important a pass rush is against him, too, and how important it is for this offensive line to be able to protect him. Absolutely, man. Another thing here on the weekly checklist that the Buccaneers are going to need to do, going back to the discussion we had a little bit earlier, a lot of pressure on this offensive line and um, expecting some growing pains from this offense, but the offensive line is going to need to step up. You know, we talked about the growing pains. We talked about Brady having as much chemistry as he does with the Bucks' offense, his wide receivers. I mean, through camp, you know, through OTAs that they had organized way back, you know, he's got some chemistry, but when push comes to shove, like nothing matters like game day. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting Brady to walk into the Superdome and throw for 300 plus yards, 350, 400. Could mm-hmm. he? Shit. I mean, probably. But do I expect him to? No. Um, I think the growing pains are going to be there. You're, you're looking at, in my opinion, I think this is going to be dink and dunk football at its finest come Sunday. I think you're looking at 13, 14, 15 play drives where Brady is just, you know, four, five, six yards out. Maybe it's a Bruce Arians offense. They take a shot every now and again, and maybe it pays off. That'd be a sight to see. But I'm just expecting this offense to have a slow start. And with that being said, this offensive line is really going to have to be on their P's and Q's because you're not blocking for Jameis Winston, who can get away from pressure. You're blocking for 43-year-old Tom Brady. Well, yeah, twenty-three-year-old Tom Brady couldn't run away from pressure, so forty-three. <laughs> right. So forty-three-year-old Tom Brady definitely isn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. One of the valuable things that Jameis Winston had was his ability to avoid sacks, and yeah, he cost him some sacks when he held onto the ball too long, which Brady won't do. But he also saved them from some sacks when they just broke down. So it's a two-way street there. Uh, I definitely agree with you. The offensive line has to has to step up. Uh, really, the, the trench play. If the Bucks win both sides of the trenches, I think they have a great shot to win this football game, and I think they probably will win this football game if if they if they can dominate on the offensive and defensive lines. You're going to win this football game, and guess what? You're going to win ninety percent of your football games if you dominate both sides of the ball in the trenches consistently. It's just how football works. Um, I do. I, I do agree that the offense is going to get off to a slow start. I think it's you're going to see a little bit more downfield shots. I'm not sure if they're going to work, but I think you're, you're going to see some shots, I think, by, by the Bucks. Uh I, I really do. Like you said, still is a Bruce Arians offense, and I think that you're going to you're gonna see them take some shots. But I definitely agree with your point. The offensive line has to be good. Uh, you don't want Brady throwing the ball 40 times, or I really. My preferred, keep him in that 25 to 30 range. Keep him in that 25 to 30 attempts range, around 27, 28 attempts. I think that's good because what that signals is that you're running the ball effectively and you have a balanced attack. If you don't, you're done. Absolutely, and that brings me – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was was done pretty much. Okay, well, uh, you brought up the run attack, and that brings me to my third and final thing here on the weekly checklist this week. Uh, Don't abandon the run game. I don't think it was as big of an issue last year as it was the year before, but we have still seen this Buccaneers offense, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. After a certain point, if you don't have this many yards, then they just kind of stop running the ball. And I really don't think you can do that with a quarterback like Tom Brady that we've brought up so many times um, because you just can't 
count on him to throw for 350, 4, 450, 500 yards every single game like Jameis Winston was able to do. So don't abandon the run game. It's going to be tough sledding. You know, the Saints are going to show up ready to play, as are the Bucs. It's going to be hard to get that run game going. But as we talked about, I think that's ultimately what this game is going to come down to. And if you can establish the run while slowing down Kamara, I think that's going to do a lot morale-wise for this team during the game. But slowing down the Saints run game, getting your own run game going, goes back to exactly what you just said. Coming out with a balanced attack, Brady doesn't have to do it all by himself, and you set up just hopefully, you know, a successful run game, and damn it, maybe a 1,000-yard rusher this season. Who knows? But I'm looking at that run game to show up and uh, show up pretty quick. Yeah, so basically my message to the Bucks would be, listen, those two-yard, three-yard runs are not going to look pretty, but they're important. There's something you have to stick with. Yeah. Ronald Jones runs the ball, gets two yards. Leonard Fournette runs the ball, gets two yards. Okay. like that, That's okay, right? Then let's say it's third down, you pass it, you get the first down. Boom. Okay. First down? If you want to run it, run it. Don't just go three straight passes now because, oh, you only gained four yards. No, you got to stick with the run game. Look at the Titans. I understand that the Titans' offense is way different, but, man, they just stay committed. Derrick Henry sometimes, man, he'll get stuffed. He's he's a great power back, but he's going to get stuffed for a one- or two-yard gain, maybe a one- or two-yard loss. You know what they do the next play? They hand it right back to him. Yep, send it you know what again. happens? You know what happens? He breaks off for an 11-yard run. And then the next time he breaks off for a 12-yard run, then a you know, a 25-yard run, it wears the defense down. Oh yeah, and that's something that the Bucks, like you said, even last year did not do enough. And I think they did James Winston a disservice like that when they abandoned the run game too often. I understand that you know sometimes James Winston would put them down in situations early. However, if you're down seven nothing. Or like ten nothing. That's not the end of the world. You should still run the football. The only time I'm, you know, if it's five minutes into the game, and you're down twenty-one nothing. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> but you know, they were never down that in 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 this in this uh, last season. They were never down twenty-one nothing five minutes in. No, they so there weren't. was no they weren't. reason. They were only down 14-0 in the first quarter one time as well, and let's not yeah, forget and, to and, take away what Bruce Arians happened to yeah, mention Bruce during Arians his conference. Bruce Arians wanted to basically lie and throw throw his old quarterback into the bus, but whatever. Um, so, I mean, and look at that, guys. We actually do uh, appreciate Jameis Winston here. Huh? <laughs> right? uh, who would have thought? <laughs> so, so um, I think that's important. It's something that they haven't done in the past, which I hope has changed with Brady. I, I hope. But it wasn't fair to Winston to ask him to throw 30 times a game when everybody in that stadium knew it was first down was a pass, second down might be a run, and third down was a pass. If Ronald Jones got hot, they might run it twice in a row, then it's passed. It's just, it's too predictable. You have to keep a balanced attack, especially against a good New Orleans Saints team like this, which is good in all areas of the game, really. It's going to be tough, and but I advise them to just stick with it, stay the course. And eventually you will see results. Yeah. And it, listen, if Ronald Jones, for whatever reason, just cannot get it done and you have to resort to two-yard run after three-yard run after two-yard run, if you've got to do the stuff that nobody likes, that's what Leonard Fournette's for. You know, I, I mean, he is that guy who can go in there and similar to Derrick Henry, he's obviously not the running back that Henry is, but he can get the job done in the nitty-gritty. You know, I, I don't like the idea of Rojo up the gut. Uh, three, four, five times a drive, but 
hell, if it gets the job done, then I guess we'll see what happens. But I think Leonard Fournette is a better built guy for that. And if it boils down to that, then we'll be grateful that we have both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. But one more thing before we get out of here. That's the weekly checklist. We went over the game preview. We talked about the injury report. We've previewed just about everything there is to preview on this Buccaneers Saints game happening this weekend, except for our final score predictions. It's about that time, buddy. I'm going to throw mine out there first. I'll throw it to you, and we'll see what happens. I know we just did the season prediction show not that long ago, so mine doesn't change. I don't know about yours, but I've got the Buccaneers winning this one. Don't have a high-scoring game like you – or uh, I don't have a high-scoring game like you as well. Um, I think they squeak this one out. I think it's a last minute touchdown. And I think 28 to 24 is your final score in this one. Okay. Uh, I actually wanted to add one thing to the checklist. It's a very quick thing, very minor thing. Actually two things, both are quick and minor one. Don't let penalties kill you. I think there's going to be a lot of penalties this weekend, uh, across the league, which, You'll get a pass a little bit because I think both teams, all teams, really, are going to be doing it. It's just nature. You're just not getting the experience that you normally would. So don't let them kill you too much. Uh, and two, you got to make your kicks. You oh, yeah. you have to you have to make everything. Every time you get a field goal opportunity, that's got to be three points. Unless it's a 59-yard, 60-yard field goal at the end of the half, and you're just trying to get something, okay, whatever, miss it, who cares. But, man, if it's... If it's doable, if it's makeable, you got to make it. You you can't give the Saints any type of momentum like that. You can't leave points on the board. You you score a touchdown that can't be six. That has to be seven. You know it can be eight, but it can't be six. Uh, so just make the kicks, Ryan. Suck up. Just make them. Just, so you you were good. You were good on extra points last year, even when you weren't great on field goals. Just make your extra points. Make the field goals you're supposed to make and walk out of here. So Buccaneers' first drive of the 2020 season, they march all the way down the field in New Orleans. They score a touchdown. Ryan Suckup misses the extra point. Does that just mean the game plan the rest of the year is to go for two every single time? I tell you, I it, not every single time, but I tell you, it, it would come in their mind. It, it would creep into their minds that hey, we should just go for two. We have a better shot of getting the two than the kick. You know, maybe they don't even field a roster, a, a field a kicker next year on the roster. So, yeah. um, and also. Uh, <laughs> You guys are going to hate me for this. Before, actually, I think I'll say my final score first. Okay. Because I, yeah, okay. That's good. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so I have the, now this is actually a special because I did not say my final score, I believe, on the season prediction show. So the official prediction post is coming out tomorrow. I put out my week one picks for the rest of the NFL teams today. I partnered with Canon Coverage on that. Go check it out. Uh, great graphic. Canon Coverage made it. It's great. It's awesome. Love it. We're going to be doing it the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. uh, and then I didn't make a pick. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you had the Bucks drawing? No, it's it's in a prediction post tomorrow. My prediction, the Saints are going to win 27-21. to 21. I think it's going to be – I think the Buccaneers will have a shot to win this game. I don't think it's going to be just total domination the whole time by the Saints and the Bucs score late touchdown and make it look close. No, I think the Bucs are going to be in this game from start to finish. I think they might even have the lead, maybe even at halftime. But I just think the Saints right now, week one, are too much for the Buccaneers. There's too much chemistry there. It's too tough of an assignment week one when it's your first game – Brady in a new system, first time in 20 years. Gronk his first game back in a year. Tristan Wirfs' first ever start. Uh, you know, possibly you don't have your number one wide receiver and Mike Evans against a defense that's basically remains intact. 
it's a tough ask. It really is a tough ask, and I think they'll fight hard, but eventually I think they'll go down and start 0-1, which is not the end of the world, guys. It's yeah. not the end of the world. So, my one thing I want to say. You might end this call immediately or just kick me off the show. We all know Tom Brady's first pass is going to be picked off, right? Stop it. Like, Stop we, we it. All, God we, damn it. We, we, I we can't all, stand you. Nope. No, sir. It's going to be it's gonna be I'm Scotty Miller 90 yards to the house is what Scotty. it's going to be. I'm calling it now. Scooter's going to mark the legacy for Brady in Tampa. Marshawn Lattimore, 90 yards to the house. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, you, you know it's going to be, right? I, I don't – watch. Brady could not throw another – he could throw one interception the entire All year, season. and it's going to be the it's, first one. It's going to be the first pass. It just, it just is. It, it, when he draws back the pass, I'm going to be, okay, here's a pick. Does I've, got, every I've, time, got, I've got nothing more to say to you, sir. I would – First pass, first pass of the game. I'd have the running back just sit on the flat, and I'll just toss it right beside you because I'm not throwing a pick. That, so, that, that's right. <laughs> One more thing before we finally wrap this show up. Uh, you know, you look at this Bucks team, and I think your take is fair. I think the Bucks have just as good of a chance to lose this game as they do to win this game. It's really one of those that could go either way. Um, but when you look at this Bucks team and you look at a team that's obviously struggling, uh, struggling, a team that's going to be struggling with growing pains in chemistry, a lot of new pieces, Tristan Wirth's first NFL start. But when you look at the entire roster, offense and defense, what do you think the weakest link is? You know, I, I think for me, I look at that young secondary They're I don't want to say unproven, but definitely uh, just a critical year for them. But on the entire team, what is the weakest link to you headed into this Sunday? Man, the weakest link on the whole team. Well, if you're doing an overall view, now are we talking for the season or just for this game? I would say just for this game. Okay. You know, you look at your score prediction, right? Bucks are going to be yeah. in this game, but why do they lose the basically? End? Yeah. Uh, well, if it was the whole season, I would say the depth of this roster. The depth of this roster is not great. But if you're talking about just this game, I'd probably have to go with the secondary too. The secondary or the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, just because like you really brought up a good point to me that, you know, like they returned four out of the five starters to a team that, you know, they got dominated by last year. And their fifth starter is a rookie tackle who's going up against Cameron Jordan. So oh, that's a scary thought. You know, I'm actually I'm gonna go ahead and say the offensive line is the reason is the weak link of this football team for week one. I think as the season goes on, they'll get stronger. But I think week one right now, you're going to see some growing pains. And since you went with the secondary, I'll go with the other side of the football. I'll say offensive line. All righty. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Week one, Buccaneers football is here. Sunday, September 13th, 425 p.m. in the Superdome. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints, and without a doubt, it'll be one to watch. Thank you so much for listening to our show, ladies and gentlemen, whether you are watching us with video on YouTube or checking us, out, checking us out on any of our podcast platforms. Make sure you go download us there and leave a review, too. It, re it really, really helps out. I promise you that it does. Before you go, make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place for all the updates on the show. We're going to be putting out the show season schedule soon, by the way. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll have some Bucks breaks this year as well. 
You can look on our social media for all the information on that coming up here shortly. Follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-A-G-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I promise I'll follow you back. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, closing in on 25,000 followers, quite the feat. And you can follow him on Twitter as well at Evan NFL. Watch him yell about his sorry ass Philly sports teams. How are they doing, huh? You know what? The silence is deafening. You want me to bring up the Tom Brady's first pass again or no? No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 I'm no. going to send you a link to those New Orleans games last year, though. All right. Well, if Tom Brady's first pass as a Buccaneer is a pick six, then I'm just switching it over no, to the Lightning I d- game. I didn't didn't say pick six. You didn't. But even if no. it's an interception, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to think of you, and I'm going to be like, God damn it. I'm not going to be able to watch the game. Well, that that's that's your fault then. So, <laughs> Not mine. Yeah, really. You All know, right, ladies you, and gentlemen. You should watch out because what I've been saying recently has been coming true. So. Shh, 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 shh. We don't got to bring that up. We don't got to bring that up. Before you say anything else that could doom us to hell, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to our show. Go Bucks. We'll catch you next week after the game. Let's see what happened. Fingers crossed. And uh, Tom Brady's a Buccaneer, people. Like, I, I know we've known this for a while, but we're going to see Tom Brady play Buccaneer doesn't football. actually feel real until you actually see it, right? It's Once like I you see, see him it running out of the tunnel yeah. in that beautiful white jersey, I'm going to know that it's, yeah, it's for like real. Yeah, it's you see it and then you believe it. Also, they're wearing pewter on pewter in Denver week 3, which is interesting. I didn't think Denver would wear their white jerseys, but I guess you're going to see you're going to see pewter on pewter before you see red on pewter, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, I saw the uniform schedule dropped, and some people are a little mad about ah, the lack of it's red. But hey, it's not going to matter once those wins start piling up. Just remember that, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, that's going to close out our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys after the game. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.